Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a beautiful Friday morning. Uh, excited to be here with you. We're going to dig into the Word of God. First Timothy is where we will be today in our Bible study and every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. And then we upload the messages to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, there you can avail yourself to much teaching, and uh, I call it teaching uh, that is rightly divided, teaching that uh, the Holy Spirit uh, teaches us, gives us the truth in the person of Christ and His work at Calvary. Uh, and that's the way that we must see all Scripture because that's the only avenue of righteousness. Uh, Romans 1, 16 and 17 tells us that. And all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8 tell us that. And uh, this will be a wonderful teaching today as this is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy as a young minister who was left there in Ephesus by Paul. Uh, and we'll see why here in just a few moments. But not just for Timothy, but the letter was read there in the church at Ephesus. And it wasn't just for Timothy, and it wasn't just for the church in Ephesus, but it was for us. It's for us today if we will take heed to the Word of God and, and, and accept God's Word for us today. Then faith can come, and we can live by faith and, and just be blessed and Listen, we had a great year in 2019, and I'm expecting, I mean it, I'm expecting another great year in 2020. I don't want to start out 2020 with a bang and end it with a, a dud, a fizz. I want to start out with a, with a flame of fire, and I want to end up with a blaze of fire at the end of the year. And, and uh, so join us every Friday morning if you can, or later uh, on the YouTube channel, on the website, wherever you can pick it up. And uh, we're just excited to be here uh, every Friday morning live <clears throat> for you. And, and uh, that, that's uh, just, just what we're doing. I'll get back to my Romans teaching starting next week. And uh, we're right in the middle of Romans chapter 8 in that teaching and looking forward to getting back in that. Uh, but this morning we're going to be in 1 Timothy. And uh, just looking forward to this so much. Here on the third day of January, chapter 1, 1 Timothy. This is session 1. Let's read verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Now, there's a lot that we're going to say today about this one verse. This one verse could be stripped down and preached for... Several years, literally, is so much in it. Uh, but before we begin this morning, let's ask the Lord to give us that daily bread that we need, that understanding, that wisdom, that comfort that He can give us through the Scriptures today. Let us pray. Father, we thank You today for Your Word, for Your Spirit, for the great sacrifice of Christ, bringing us into the kingdom, giving us eyes to see and ears to hear, and a witness and a testimony that's of You, Lord, what You're saying to us what you're doing in and through us. And we pray that today you would give us that daily bread, that you would give us the meat of the word today, and that everyone who listens would be blessed, encouraged, edified, and satisfied. And Lord, we just give you all the praise today as your word comes forth, that faith would come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 So again, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Again, we'll say a lot about this one verse, and we'll start today. First, I want to say, uh, talk about Paul being an apostle, and I want to uh, make the difference between apostles then and apostles now because there is a great uh, move, not of God, but it is a move of that Antichrist spirit, uh, this new uh, apostolic prophetic reformation they're calling it. Make no mistake about it, there is a reformation that began about 23 years ago. And this reformation that we are in now is not... It is a new, it is an apostolic and a prophetic revolution. 
And, but it is not coming through C. Peter Wagner and Bickle and all those people who claim that, that apostles today and prophets today have something that can go beyond God's word. That is absolutely not a move of God. The apostles that we can listen to are the apostles, even the ones who are here today in the church, that are literally and exclusively sharing what God gave the apostles who received the revelation for the church, we can listen to them. There is no more revelation from God to man. It is illumination to men now through the revelation given to the disciples, the apostles, those men who wrote the word of God received what man did not have and God breathed upon them and moved among them and they wrote down what God told them to write. That was revelation. You can call it receiving a revelation for yourself if you want to as long as it's tied to the revelation they received. Anything outside of that is not the word of God, is not a move of God, and is that antichrist spirit. Again, there are apostles today, but they're the ones that don't go around touting about their apostleship. They, <clears throat> people recognize their apostleship because they cling to that which God gave the apostle Paul and the other apostles that we have in the word of God. You know, if you're not careful with this, you'll end up among uh, uh, the sects that are not even Christian, such as Mormons, who claim Joseph Smith was a prophet. And they say, well, don't we have prophets today? Yes, we do. We, and we have apostles today. As well, and they're all, But they're only legitimate if they're tied to the Word of God that God gave the apostles and prophets that we read about in the Word. Again, there can be prophets, there are, and apostles, and there are in these last days. But the difference is, we don't receive direct revelation from God that is contrary to, different than, what is already written. When you think you got that going on, you're outside the move of God, calling it a move of God, because now you're holding God's word in an unrighteous context in Romans 1.18, says he's opposing all that that produces. So we need to be careful about who we're reading after, who we're listening to, and let me, it's just very basic and simple. If you're sitting under anyone who opens the Bible and doesn't point you to Calvary, God didn't send them. God didn't, there is no help even from the Word of God outside faith in the cross. And I can't just assume that's where your faith is. I have to, listen, and it's not about preaching and teaching the Word of God for an hour and then at the end saying you need the blood of Jesus. No, the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us Christ in the Scriptures. The Scriptures, the message must be the Word of God as it is in the person of Christ, the work of Christ. And that which he's doing by his spirit today, yes, because of what he did at Calvary. Our ministries are not exclusively because of the cross. They are because of the cross, and they are about the work of Christ at the cross. And, when, and listen, when ministers won't go there, when they won't continue to learn the word of God in the context of Calvary, they're moving away from the Lord, and they don't even know it. Either you're, either you're growing in this revelation, this illumination of God's word in the person of Christ and what he did at Calvary, the work of Christ, or you're moving away. You're moving closer or you're moving away. You, you Listen, you can think that you're this and that and, and you can have plaques on the wall, but if, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you Christ in the scriptures and what he did at Calvary? That's how you know you're in the move of God, not through some experience you claim. Satanic people are having experiences. False cults are having experiences. Our testimony is that of the blood. Our testimony is that they can see me and know that I'm not who I used to be. That's the testimony you've got. And everything outside of that, anybody could claim they have. Anybody can claim they have. Your testimony, my testimony, is that I'm being changed. Not that I say I'm being changed, but that they can see I'm being changed. 
that I can love you no matter what, and we can have love one to another. And Jesus said, when they see that, they'll know then we're his disciples. Hallelujah. Glory, it ain't what I say I've got, it's what I show I have. It ain't what you, and it really ain't what you have, it's what you do with what you have. Somebody said amen. It ain't what you've got. It's what you do with what you've got. Amen. Because you can lose what you've got. Amen. Amen. Somebody said amen. Glory to God. So Paul is an apostle, the Bible says, of Jesus Christ. He met Christ on the road to Damascus. Christ gave him his commission. Christ put him in the ministry. Christ counted him faithful. Christ sent him on his mission, told him what it would cost him. Much suffering, calling you to a ministry of suffering. That's what he told Paul. And so an apostle is a delegate. It's an ambassador with power. Remember, the power, the Bible says, is in the preaching of the cross. Yes, Paul at, at, at the power of the Holy Spirit in and through his ministry <coughs> worked miracles. But the Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. And Paul always carried this message. He didn't finally one day move off to another message. You won't ever hear Paul saying, well, the cross is, yeah, that, that's what we've got to preach. Yeah, but there's so many other things. No, everything Paul talked about, he tied it back to the blood, the regeneration, the salvation, the redemption, the cross, the Christ, and it, all everything. So an apostle... Uh, the Apostle Paul, he was a delegate, an ambassador with power. And there are no other, I've said this, I don't want to miss anything though, there are no other apostles such as the ones who were given revelation knowledge. And it's okay for you and I to say, wow, I've received the revelation of the cross, but the reason we can say that legitimately is because we've received that which God gave to Paul. You didn't. You, nobody since the canonized scriptures have been put together have received anything directly from God that's outside the Word. <clears throat> Anybody that says they have <clears throat> is somebody, you know, the people that show up and say, Jesus showed up in my bedroom with a plate of cookies, and I'm not going to call his name this morning, but most of us know who that is, and people, that, uh, people like that teach the cross wasn't enough, and Jesus had to go to hell, and all those things that's not even in the Word of God, and those men have, they have millions and millions of dollars flowing into them, which proves that the church will just flock to anything. But you've got a Bible, and that's what you need to stick with. If men uh, are not using that Bible in the context of the one who said the Bible was about him, Jesus, and what he did at Calvary, then that's your cue. If you're waiting for a voice from heaven, you need to leave that place. You're acting silly. When you see false doctrine, I'm not talking about when a preacher makes a mistake. I'm not talking about when a preacher is trying to grow. He's learning. He's headed the right direction. He's looking to Christ and his work Calvary. I'm talking about when false doctrine is there and it's not being turned from. That's your cue. If Christ and what he did at Calvary is not the answer for all things for you, then you need to leave that ministry. That is God telling you, get up and get out. Amen. So, <clears throat> he's, he, he was an apostle of Jesus Christ. That tells us not only that he was chosen by Christ and called by Christ, sent by Christ, but his message was Christ. Even the order and the functionality inside the church that, that the Lord gave the Apostle Paul to give to us, you know, almost all the, the things that we know in the New Testament about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, how to operate in, and have order in the church, the body of Christ functioning in the church, the Lord gave that to Paul to give to us so that we could magnify Jesus with our lives in church, in our homes, so that God could be glorified. You do understand that everything in your life that you do that does not glorify God through faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary is what the preacher of Ecclesiastes would call futile. It's vanity. It means nothing. There will be no rewards. It will be wiped away one day. It will never even be remembered. Think about that. Everything in my life that is not tied to faith in Christ and his work at Calvary is going to be wiped away and forgot about. 
Everything. The only things that will be remembered and us be rewarded for are every any are the things that gave God glory. Everything else is going to be wiped away because it's futile. It's 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 a waste. That's why the Bible says, "Let everything that you do do it as unto the Lord." So it won't be a vain life, a futile life. So it won't just be vanity. Anybody alive this morning? You don't want your life just to be vain and 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 and, and vanity. But and, and but the only thing that brings it purpose, the only thing that brings your marriage, your family, your ministry, your job, whatever it is, purpose is if Christ is involved in that, and He gets involved by His Spirit when your faith is in His sacrifice, because it is a legal work. You've been legally declared righteous and justified because of your faith in the work of Christ. And the Bible calls it the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the Holy Spirit has a legal right to work in your life, to glorify Christ through your life, so that you can have the power to do everything that you do unto Christ, unto the Lord, so that your life won't be vain and, and, and you won't have to uh, go through uh, holiday seasons and you won't have to go through days and weeks and months when I don't know why I'm here. I guess my I don't know. I guess my no. If you would focus on Christ, you would find your purpose. Things wouldn't feel vain. They wouldn't be vain. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. Yeah. Some people can hear what I'm saying though and they'd rather be. In, they, 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 they're not if you can see Christ and how much he loved you and what he did to prove it, to be able to give that love to you, the futile days are over. The vain days are over. Your face can smile and you can say, my soul will be joyful in the Lord. Hallelujah. It will rejoice in his salvation. Coming into 2020, going out of 2020, you can be rejoicing. Hallelujah. But that's only if you're focused on Christ, not at Sunday school and church on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and not just in the morning or in the evening, but all day. I'm talking about a giving of ourselves to Christ. May the church learn what it actually means to give our hearts to Christ. Yes. Amen. <laughs> you give your heart to somebody, they've got you. Yes. That means they can control you. They can they can direct you. Hallelujah. That's good stuff this morning. Amen. So he was not only chosen by Christ, called by Christ, empowered by Christ, sent by Christ, but everything he was he gave the people, he gave it from Christ. As Christ would minister to Paul by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would speak that to Paul, which he was hearing from Jesus, and, and Paul would write that down, and because he did, Timothy could be blessed, we could be blessed, the church in Ephesus could be blessed, because the Bible is the Word of God. It's not, it's not uh, somebody's opinion. The Bible is the Word of God. It's truth, and Jesus is that truth revealed in the Scriptures. <clears throat> so, if we if, let's look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. Since we are in a Bible study this morning, aren't we? Yes. Good to have Kathy with us this morning. Drove all the way from the other side of Shreveport like she does almost every Friday. Happy birthday, Sister Kathy. Gladys, good to have you. My wife, Robin, her last week of vacation with us this morning. So praise the Lord for those who are here. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, Paul tells the church in Galatia, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. Remember, Paul's an apostle of Christ. He's not an apostle of men. Men didn't say, hey, Paul, looks like you might be a good apostle. Man, that's huge in the church today. But you better watch that. You better watch that because mama will put you in the ministry. Your spouse will try to put you in the ministry. Your kids will try to put you in the ministry just because you can speak good. May I know, I know, I ain't going to call no names this morning, but I know uh, preachers who've been in the ministry for oh so long and really their call is not to, to pulpit ministry. They're entrepreneurs. 
Man, they make money and they should be just focused on and doing what God's called them to do. Entrepreneurs out there in, in the business world and, and, and supporting the, the, the church financially because they're not really called to ministry. Not, not pulpit ministry. But let me tell you something. If you can speak good and car salesmen can speak good, can't they? They talk you right into a new car when you didn't even go to buy one. But listen, it ain't about speaking good. It's about accepting the gospel as the answer from heaven for every answer that you need. All the provision that you need. All the power you need. The only avenue through which grace comes. Those are the ones God calls and sends. Amen. And you know who you can recognize them because that's what they're preaching. And watch this. Paul tells the church in Galatia chapter 1 verse 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of Christ in his life which was many things. It, it, it took place way before his conversion took place on the road to Damascus, but the Lord was dealing with Paul way before that. Now, I'm not going to uh, declare this dogmatically or, or 100% assuredly, but there's a possibility that the apostle Paul was at some age, a young age, when Christ was a young boy going to the temples and doing his teaching when they went to the temple. It's a very possible that could have happened. So Paul grew up with this knowledge of Christ, rejecting this Christ, and, and when the church when they when when and when he stood there <coughs> bearing the, the garments of those that were even stoning Stephen. And Stephen praising God, saying, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That, that I'm sure that had an effect on Paul. How can he still be preaching Christ when he's being stoned? What a determination. What kind of faith is this he's got? Think about that. So I believe all that had an effect on him all his life, but then he was converted on the road to Damascus and called and, and sent and a few days later uh, beginning his mission. But he says he didn't receive it of men. He didn't go into Jerusalem to get his, 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 his revelation from Peter. Think about it. It seems normal that, well, I'm called of God. Well, I got to go find those who walked with Jesus. That's what I got to have, the stories, all the things. that. And I'm sure he had access to that. He did go and meet with them. But he says, here, I didn't receive this what I've received from men. And that's obvious. And we know that as we study the Word because the men that even walked with Jesus did not have and did not write what Paul received and what Paul wrote for us to have. The Lord actually gave the Apostle Paul the revelation of what really happened at Calvary. They didn't know that. When Jesus died, they said, well, we thought he was the one. And even when he was resurrected and found them, and, 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 and even after Pentecost, they still didn't have this how to live for God in victory. Oh, they had the message. They had the gospel. They carried it. Peter preached 3,000, got saved. Hallelujah. And people can get saved, but they can't nobody live saved unless they know and learn what God gave the Apostle Paul and the revelation of the gospel. The revelation, the unfolding. What really happened at Calvary? See, Paul's the one who wrote that, that uh, Jesus is the one who tasted death by the grace of God in Hebrews 2.9. In Hebrews 2.14, Paul is the one who wrote that book, by the way, and said that, that Jesus, through his death, took the death away from the devil. Paul's the one who wrote to the church in Rome in chapter 6, 7, and 8 and told us exactly how we were placed, immersed into Christ. It wasn't through going to church or getting water baptized. It was by simple faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. We were immersed and became the body of Christ by being baptized into his death. We didn't know all that. We didn't know that we, we have to reckon ourselves daily to be dead indeed unto the sin nature to live in victory. We didn't know that. And if Romans 6, 7, and 8 weren't ever written, weren't given to the Apostle Paul or to anybody to give to us, then we'd all killed each other a long time ago. 
And we wouldn't be in this reformation that we are in today. And again, it's not the, the, the thing that's out there that's and really they're calling it like the fifth wing of Christianity, not Protestantism, and they even call Catholicism Christianity, but it's not. But they've, they've called this new apostolic prophetic reformation something brand new, and it's sucking the Pentecostals and the Charismatics into it, and it's all focused, they say, on the five-fold ministry, but it's, it's really, listen, it's really about men. It's really about men and men's authority, and it's not about Jesus and what he did at Calvary. That's how you know it's of God if it's always about Jesus and what he did at Calvary. If the Holy Spirit is involved in it, he's glorifying Christ. If Christ is not being glorified, and he can't be glorified in anybody's life except through faith in the cross, it's anti-Christ. It may have an appearance that it's right. But there are many things that have a form of godliness while they're denying the power at the whole the whole time. Amen? So I wanted to read that to you in Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Paul said, I didn't receive what I've got from men. And we need to always remember that. <clears throat> but what Paul did receive, he gave it to the church so that we could, what? Live in victory and magnify Christ and glorify God. Because that, that how we glorify God, Jesus taught in John 15, how our Father in heaven is glorified is when we bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and fruit that remains. Fruit that withers and goes away, God's not glorified. So that means we don't quit, we keep bearing fruit even when we're being purged and it doesn't feel good. Amen? Amen. So, he, and notice this, in this first verse, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior. Now, Paul took his ministry, his calling, his commission, as a command. I really pray that the church would awaken this year and realize that what we've been given of the Lord is not options. It's not an option. It's an option whether you'll believe it or not, but when God gave you his son, that was he was giving you an opportunity to get to be a part of the new covenant, to be a part of his redemption plan. And that redemption plan is in the blood of Jesus. And that redemption plan is not an option in the mind of God. It's a command. That's why when you that's why the book of Romans chapter 6 calls it obeying that form of doctrine. Because when you place your faith in Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of your sins, God sees you at that moment obedient. Why? Because that, that covenant He's commanded through a thousand generations, you stepped in through faith in the one who came and was functioning as an obedient and humble son unto death for you. Amen, Brother Curtis. Let me, let me break something to you this morning. There is no such thing as humility in God's eyes unless it's faith in the cross. Humility is not me being soft-mannered and, and, and really, uh, oh, I'm just so, oh, he's such a humble fella. And, oh, he opens the door for people. And, oh, he just, oh, he's such a servant. And he said, listen, humility has nothing to do with that. Christians should all act like that. Humility gets grace. But grace is not given to anyone except those that come to faith in Christ and His work at Calvary. Those that come to God through faith in Christ and His work at Calvary. Nobody else gets grace. That means nobody else is humble. Amen, Brother Curtis. I like your teaching or I ain't listening to you no more. One of the two. Those who want to know the truth will love the truth. The Bible says the humble will hear and be glad. Amen. The prideful will be mad and turn it off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Because the prideful is all, they're all about, and I've been there. And I can be there again if I'm not careful. Yes. The prideful are those that when the truth comes, instead of repenting, they get angry because it's knocking them down from off their pedestal. That's true. And, it's, and it's, the Lord is trying to get on their, in the preeminent place and trade places with them. I mean, he, he, he's trying to get you to be humble so that you can receive grace. But the only way 
God sees humility is if it's the humility of Christ. See, the obedience we have is the obedience of Christ. The humility we have, if it's real, is the humility of Christ. If we have anything, remember we're heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Oh, and we like to think about the gold and the silver one day. Oh, God's going to transfer the wealth of the wicked over to the just. Hallelujah. And that is Scripture, and it's coming to a theater near you very soon. But... Everything that's his is mine. And only that which is his is mine. I have nothing of my own. I am not humble unless it's my faith in the cross and his humility, his humbleness unto obedience unto death. Amen. My faith in him and his work at Calvary allows me to be humble. Nothing else does. Just because I go through something awful and I'm on my knees and I'm crying, I'm crying out to God, that, that doesn't mean I'm humble. Humility is accepted by God with a dividend of grace when He sees our faith in the cross of Christ. Hallelujah! Now most won't like this because most don't know the Bible and most don't want to go know the want to go know the Bible, study it. They just want to sit around and get mad over what they don't agree with and happy over the ones that they do agree with. But they never go check it out. I'm going to check it out because I want to be right in God's eyes and the only thing that's right in His eyes is the Word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. So, let me see this again. Psalms 119.9. Let's just look there. This is a Bible study, right? Yes. I can turn in my Bible here whether it ain't turning. I'm just kind of electronically moving through. Uh, 119, Psalms 119, that is not right. Let, let me see where it is. Here it is. Here we're going to find it. Here we go. Y'all ready for this? Psalms 111.9. Yeah, hey, when y'all are typing up my notes, make sure you get it right. Yes. Oh, y'all don't do that. I, oh, that's my mistake. Psalms, Psalms 111.9 says this. He sent redemption unto his people. That's the cross right there. You see the cross in the Word? See, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for what God did in Christ in the Word. <clears throat> or the result of what God did in Christ in the Word. Or God's purpose for my life through what God did in Christ in the Word. The answer to get out of this bondage I'm in, I find it in the Word. Because faith that will get me out of this bondage comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God in its righteous context as truth. And truth is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Because truth is the only thing that will liberate me and get me out of bondage. Amen. Watch this now. This is Psalms 111 verse 9. He sent redemption unto his people. He's commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. He commanded his covenant to a thousand generations. And again, the reason God's word is not optional. It's optional for you and me if we'll believe it, but he didn't give it to us as an option. He gave it to us as a command. Paul's calling was a command. Notice again here in verse 1 of 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God. I've been commanded by God to preach and teach his word. I'm talking about Curtis Hutchinson. I've been commanded. That's why preachers... Ministers who are called and they're not walking in that calling, they're miserable because they're living a life of disobedience. Even though they go and do this and they're nice and people can tell, well, you're a Christian, aren't you? Are you a preacher? And you know, well, I might be, yeah, yeah, probably, I just, you know, I'm not, blah, 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 blah. They're miserable. Because it's, listen, when God gives commands and we'll, we'll admit in a heartbeat, oh, praise God, Jesus is the captain of my salvation. That word captain means you're in an army and you're not the captain. The captain doesn't give options. We're coming up at a Y in the road up here, fellas. What do y'all think we ought to do? Let me tell you something. Jesus is not following the sheep. He's leading the sheep. Yes. 
the captain is leading his army. He's not following his army. And the preacher in every ministry ought not be following the sheep. You know what happens to the preacher when he follows the sheep? He gets poo-poo on his feet. He gets in the mess, in other words. The Word of God is not optional. Oh, it's yes, again, it, it's, you have an option just like Adam had an option in the garden. Everybody's got an option. Hell's full of people who chose the wrong option. They didn't receive God's Word as a commandment. Again, let's go back to the cross. Jesus said, no man has the power to take my life. No man can take my life from me, but I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment of the Father. They, we've heard all our lives that Godhead was sitting around the table and, and they didn't know what they was going to do discussing it and, 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 and Jesus volunteered. No, no, God said, Son, you'll go give your life for the sins of humanity. Never forget that the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're equal, they're unified, they're one. They're all equally God. But there is order even in the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Father sent the Son with a commandment. You will lay your life down. I will give you the power to do that because you are going to do it and I'll give you the power to raise it up again. That's what Jesus said. Commandment. That's why when you place your faith in what Jesus did, that's why Romans 6 says you've obeyed that form of doctrine that forgave you of your sins. You were obedient not the first time you went to church, read your Bible, put money in the offering basket, uh, did something good that the Bible says to do. Listen, no, you became obedient the moment you accepted Christ's obedience on your behalf and died for your sins. That's powerful, isn't it? And people who understand that and learn the word in that context, they begin to live in the liberty wherewith Christ made them free. Hallelujah. So again, the covenant is a command. Everybody in hell right now, they're there because they were disobedient to the covenant. They were disobedient. They saw creation. They, they had a conscience, but they rejected God. Now here's the scary part. Many have been born again and have known the way of righteousness. And Peter wrote that it's better that you never knew it than to have known it and then to turn away from it. You know what that means? <clears throat> that means there's degrees of torment and damnation in hell and those who just always rejected it their whole life and never knew it, never received it are doing a whole lot better off if that's a... Uh, that, that, that's really dumb to say anything about in hell being better off because it ain't nothing but torment there. But they're not as they're not as damned. Peter wrote it. They're not as damned as those who knew it and then turned away from it. Think about that. It's better to have never known it than to come into this way of righteousness. Is what Peter phrased it. At the way of righteousness, by the way, is the way of the cross. It's the only way of righteousness that exists than to have known it and turn away from it. Think about that. That's powerful. So I always want us to stick with that thought when you're studying God's Word. It's not an option for you. It is, but it's not, it's not an option as it comes from the captain of our salvation. They are commands coming to us. I was in the Marine Corps. You're given a command and you don't do it, you get in big trouble. It's the same spiritually. People who know what God's Word... I'm talking about Christians. They know what God's Word says, but they're not obeying God's Word. Jesus taught very simply. They don't like this. They change it to fit their fleshly desires. But Jesus taught those that love me do what I command them. And if they're not doing what I command them, He said, they don't love me. Now, how many millions think they love the Lord based on emotions and feelings, but they're not obeying Him? They're not obedient. And because let me, let, me, let me make a clarity here. Because a lot of people have said, my faith is in the cross. And now I'm obedient. God sees me as obedient. That's true. But that obedience leads to a life of obedience. 
That obedience leads to a life of being led by the Spirit. Now the Word of God is, 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 is realized by me, carried out by the Holy Spirit in me to glorify God through me. Amen. Because this life ain't about Curtis. This life is about Christ. He's creator, he's redeemer, and he is judge. Everything is all about him. Hallelujah. Y'all all right this morning? Amen. I'm about to turn it down. Y'all shouting me down this morning. So, everything is a commandment. Going to church is not an option. That's a commandment. Being more and more and more faithful until the coming of the Lord. That's not an option. That's a command. There, there are people who send me emails. Uh, one particular guy, man, he wants he wants it to get through to me. He sent it to both email addresses I got, and it wants me to wants me to know that tithing is not supposed to be in the New Testament. That's just preachers trying to get money from the poor. <laughs> Bless his heart. I bet he's poor, and 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 I bet and I bet you know I, all I can say, is, man, people just need to learn the word. They need to learn the word. And uh, I, I just I hate it for people like that who live based on where they are instead of by the word of God. A woman told me one time. She said, "It was back when we were broke and didn't man, people had to buy food for us and buy the diapers for our babies. We went through that horrible time like twice at least." And and a woman approached me and said, "Brother Curtis, you know." Uh, uh, you're, you're called to, to minister to the poor people. And brother so-and-so there, which him and his wife made thousands every month, they said, they're called to minister to the rich people. <laughs> and that, that's just, that, and she meant good for me. She meant, didn't mean harm or evil, but it's just ignorance. I didn't say she was stupid. She was far from stupid, but she was ignorant. You know, if, 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 if it was that way, then God would have never sent Peter who was a dumb old fisherman to the Jewish people. He would have sent Paul, amen, to the people who knew the word. Amen. He would have sent somebody that stunk like fish out to the old stanky Gentile world. Amen. So never forget that. God's and listen, and if and if I if, if I'm supposed to be functioning in some area of the Word of God and I'm not. I can't run over here and start doing a bunch of good things to try to cover that up. I'm on, that, that's the work of people who are under the law. They're trying to live a way over here to cover up for what they're not doing over here. That's the law. You're trying to balance the scale. It ain't based on what you do or don't do. It's based on what you believe. And if you'll come back to the cross, not only will the Holy Spirit give you the power to be faithful in the areas you're not being faithful, but he will give you a desire to be faithful in the areas you haven't really had a desire to be faithful in. Amen. It's amazing what we read in the New Testament about New Testament about the the, the, the the people of God who were called and all they went through. And I'm not being ugly this morning, but all it takes is somebody just to say something in church meeting that somebody didn't like and didn't appreciate. And they, they've been out of church for years because somebody said something to them they didn't like. That, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. Christianity is very doubtful there. I'm not the judge, thank God for it. But that's, that Christianity is very doubtful that can't even take a remark that possibly somebody didn't even mean anything by it. It's just the way they took it. Or maybe they did, but either way it's irrelevant because if my faith is in Christ and what he did at Calvary, <coughs> then I'm going to have the power of God to look at the situations that happen in my life in a different way. So it matters how you hear and what you hear, how you see things. And you, nobody sees things correctly who doesn't have their faith in the cross of Christ. You were given eyesight to see the kingdom of God and all its privileges and responsibilities when you were born again. But Peter writes, you can go blind again. Second Peter 1.9 says we can go blind. Amen. So y'all are holding me up here. But the Bible says here in the first in the first verse, I told you, first verse will take a whole life. Might take three weeks. 
Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior. I mean, you know, it was in God the Father's heart to save all of humanity. God the Father wants everybody saved. That's why he ain't sent his son back today yet. Because he wants, he wants everybody on the planet who's breathing air today to be saved. There will come a day when he sends his son and, and there will be a, 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 a cut in time. The church will be removed and then things will be different. People will be saved, but it won't be the same. Anybody who's saved in that day ain't going to be no back pew sitting, waiting, looking for somebody to say something ugly to them. They're going to get their heads cut off for believing in that day. Amen. My dear son, man. You got folk going home when somebody looked at them or didn't look at them. <laughs> In that day, things are going to be different. And we need to know that. But it's always been God's intention to save the world. That's God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. God wants to save all men. He, he wants to save those men and women who are out there doing the most horrible, vile things that we don't even want going through our minds today. He wants to save them. Do you know why? He loves them. What? God, lo God loves all people. Jesus loved those people so much that we're nailing the nails, the spikes in his body to hang him up on the cross he prayed for them. God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That comes from a heart of love, even though he was in much pain. Don't tell me you can't look at that and function the way you should. If you call yourself looking at Christ and what he did at Calvary, and you still ain't functioning the way you should, you're not looking at it in faith. You're, you're not looking at it correctly. When you see what God did in Christ, God did in Christ at Calvary, and you accept that by faith, the very power of that work there moves inside of you and begins to move through you and you begin to be changed, not by going to church or this or that, changed by the power of God that you keep accepting every day. That message of the cross is the only message that brings the power. It's the only message that reveals the righteousness of God. And you have to be having the righteousness of of God's word revealed to you that only comes through faith in the cross for you to be able to go from faith to faith. Read Romans 1, 16 and 17. It's in two verses right there. The righteousness of God's revealed in the gospel. And that's the only avenue through which we go from faith to faith. And the just shall live by faith from faith to faith, only as the righteousness of God's being revealed in the gospel. I hope you're getting a hold of that. Don't, don't, uh, listen, you can be sad about it, and you will be about the very few people who are out there who are going to listen to truth. Bible says not many people in the last days are going to listen to truth. They're going to turn away from it. They're, they're going to turn unto fables. They're going to turn unto all these other things. They're not going to listen to truth. Listen, we say these things, but when we get hit with it in experience out there, we're blown away. We, we just can't believe it. I'm telling you now, get ready for it. It's going to be worse than you've ever seen. You've got the homosexuals and the lesbians coming into the church now being accepted by the preachers. They've got their phrase out there already, publishing it out. I'm born again this way. The devil has infiltrated the church. It's not just as Jude taught about they're creeping in among us. Man, they're kicking the door in and taking over. Wherever the message of the cross is the message, the devil is not going to be able to do what he wants to do. Amen. He's not a reigning conqueror. He's a devourer. I said it Wednesday in Wednesday night's message. He's not a reigning, the devil does not, he's not a conqueror. He's a devourer, and that's something totally different. There's only two conquering kings. One of them is the sin nature, and the other one is Jesus, who overcame the sin nature through his death. Satan's not a conqueror. He's a devourer. Who does he devour? Those who are being dominated by the sin nature. 
Who are they? Everyone who's not trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. Even though they can get up and use the Bible and blah, 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 and they can get up and cry and lift holy hands, it seems to be, and they can just have a form, but he can be devouring you, is devouring you, if the sin nature is dominating you. The door is closed in his face when your faith runs to Calvary. The devil was defeated before Calvary. He, he got kicked out of heaven. Anybody remember that? At Calvary, he had a power that he had because the fall of man taken from him. That's the power of death. That he was devouring. He, he's devouring everybody who's lost and dead in their sins. But Jesus came, and the Bible says, destroyed the works of the devil. Revealed him as the liar that he is. Took the power of death away from him that he had. All through the humble, obedient act of death. Not through humility, but through death. The humility and the obedience took him to the cross. A correct humility and obedience today keeps you at the cross. Amen, Brother Curtis. Glory to God. Well... So, God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. God was in Christ reconciling us to Him. 2 Corinthians 5.19 tells us that. Let me read it. 2 Corinthians 5.19 To know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ. I'm going to tell you something. The greatest day in the history of all man was the cross. God was in Christ at the cross. God was in Christ at the cross. The Holy Spirit led him there. The Holy Spirit took him there. And Jesus simply obeyed the command. You will lay your life down for the sheep. He loved you that much. Galatians 2.20, Paul the apostle says, We live by the faith of Jesus Christ that loved us. We live by the faith of Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. That's powerful to me. So we see here uh, in this first verse, Paul, he's an apostle. Of Jesus Christ, not of some denomination. And it's by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, why does he write here, God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ? And we need to know this, very important, that God the Father, everything he's done, he's done it through Christ. The Bible says God created the worlds through Christ. God will judge the world through Christ. God saved those that will be saved through Christ. Everything that God has done, He's done it through Christ. Everybody alright? That's why Paul writes, by the commandment of God our Savior, God is our Savior. He saved us through the sending of His Son with a command to give His life for us. That's powerful. Well, is it God or is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, they're one and the same, but yet they're separated in person. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Bible just kindergartenly, if that's a word, explains that, reveals that. So, God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Holy Spirit had to put... If the Bible just had nothing but God our Savior, then folks could use the Bible, even though they're doing it anyway. They're using the, they could use the Bible to worship a tree frog, to worship the moon, because God our Savior could be a moon, could be, a, could be the sun, could be the ocean, could be a tree frog, could be a rock we carve out our own selves like men have done all through the ages. They go and cut a tree down, Isaiah said, and carve it out and use part of it to, to light a fire and to get warm to cook their food over it. And, and then after all that's done, the rest of it, they carve an idol and put it up there and pray to it. And God says, you have become just like your 
idols, blind, deaf, and can't do nothing. Think about that. God can be anything unless you know Jesus Christ. He's the only avenue to God. Jesus said that. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no way to this God we call Father in heaven except through me. You can't get there. Everybody knows there's a God, even the, the fools that changed their name to atheists. God calls them fools, Psalms 53, 1. They didn't like what God called them. You know, they never liked what they really are, so they changed their names. They try to take that which God has given them and they pervert it. Just like using the rainbow for the homosexuals. Mm -hmm. I mean, <clears throat> listen, the rainbow represents a promise. Yes, God will never flood the earth like that again, destroying all things through a flood of water. So the rainbow represents a promise, the promise of God. But let me tell you something about the promises of God. God's just as faithful to make sure that rock you want trying to roll up on somebody rolls back on you. He's just as faithful to, for, 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 to, for that pit you're digging for somebody else to fall in to make sure you're the one that falls in it. He's just as faithful to make sure you stay cursed under the law if you reject the cross of Christ as he is to bring all the blessings and pour them into your life if you'll remain in a place where your faith is in the cross. He's, he's faithful to carry out all of his word. He's the one who's performing his word. Hallelujah. We don't perform God's word. We simply trust in Christ and his work at Calvary and the Holy Spirit carries out the word of God in and through us or through some law, we think we're doing it and we're really dying, being deceived and slain by the sin nature and devoured by the devil. And let me again say something about that. I know we're running out of time, but the devil can only devour those who are already being dominated and deceived by the sin nature. We need to know that. And who are they? I've said it once. I'll say every person. I don't care about the tears, the hands lifted, the knees wore out from praying. Listen, if my faith is not in the cross alone, that means I'm trusting in something else, and that's where the devourer has access to me because that's where the sin nature is dominating me, deceiving me. Amen. It's better than y'all. Man, y'all ought to be shouting. Amen. It's a new year. So, in the last part of this first verse, he says, which is our hope. Yes. The Lord Jesus Christ is our hope. The Bible says we're saved by hope. Well, I thought I was saved by faith in the blood of Jesus. Remember, hope <clears throat> is the manifestation of true faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. If your faith is right, your hope is alive. If your hope is not alive, if your assurance is really just not there, that's a faith issue. That's a faith issue. Well, I deserve to have a down day. You know, I, I, you know, I just, well, I, you know, you know. No, I don't know. I do know what you're talking about, but I don't know why you won't just look to Calvary. Begin to praise God for the blood that was shed for you and watch what the Holy Spirit legally can do for you when you will focus not on you, not on your storms, not who you've been, not what they did to you, not even the dumb stuff you did, but just forget all that and look to Christ and what He did for you at Calvary and the Holy Spirit will begin to usher into you joy. Hallelujah. You can come out of that mess. You, can, you don't have to start a new year or end a year in a mess. Amen. Amen. You can live your life in the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you will keep looking to Christ. But remember, that's a choice we make. Will I look to Jesus? Will I look to what He did at Calvary? Amen. God is raising up men and women all over the earth right now, little bits and pieces here, literally all over the world. Yes. All over the world. It's not, it's not the big cathedrals. It's not the big massive things that have this appearance. It's those who simply are trusting in the shed blood of Jesus. Yes. It's not about those who are singing about it. It's about those who are trusting in it. Yes. 
Now you, you'll be singing about it, but if all I'm doing is singing about it, oh, nothing but the blood, and then, then I'm sitting under preachers who preaching everything but the blood. We better wake up, folks. The Bible says, Awaken to righteousness and sin not. Righteousness is the answer. And it came through the cross and the cross alone. Jesus is our righteousness. Amen. Can't wait to get further into this. Going to be great. Uh, join us again next Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time right here. Go to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Help us. Donate to the ministry. Pray for us. You can donate at 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. And expect huge things of the Lord this year. See you next week.